You are listening to an exclusive on PodHub Network. Your city, your podcast. With the delight of this crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout steps with first base. McCutcheon's throw. The runner breaks to the plate. Here's the throw. Wow. It is out. The buck goes win. You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to NS9 Live. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we have Tyler. We have Jim. This is the North Shore 9. What's up, everyone? Just glad the season's over. I'm just glad you guys aren't muted. <laughs> oh, thank God. We don't, we don't know we that yet. Know, yeah, we don't know that yet. Uh, according to my sources, you aren't muted. So I guess we'll wait to see uh, if we get any feedback telling me that we can't hear you. Nah. But so no, far, so good. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, we're only 25 minutes late. I mean, are you late if you never announced that you're going to be, at, be on tonight at 9? Sounds like poor promotion from our Twitter account. <laughs> it sounds like smart planning. We don't have Ethan on here saying, eight, eight minutes late, guys. Well, I'm sure Bucko Mike will be here in a minute. Oh, yeah. But anyways, big, big show tonight. We're going to give away a Pirates jersey. Huge. Huge. Big show. 61 me wins means uh who all's who all's up for this? Uh, other than you and Tyler, because you I, and Tyler I mean, don't count. As the banner just clearly says right now, Tyler and Donardo correctly predict the win total. Negative Jim does not. I mean, this we're is just, our time to gloat, Tyler. We were told how optimistic we were. You guys are idiots. 54 wins or bust, says Jim. And, I mean, Tyler, already the smartest Pirates fan in the world, joins North Shore 9. He correctly predicts 69 win, 61 wins. I correctly predict 61 wins. I mean, we know who's the dumb-dumb on this show. It's obvious. I mean, what can we say? We were doubted. Someone tried to hold us down. So we are just way too optimistic. Way too much hope in this team. And we battled through it. The 61 wins. Some people would call us heroes. Jim, you're mighty quiet tonight. There's literally not a single person who calls you that. You <laughs> should. It is funny, though, because, you know, Tyler gets the 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 uh, the rap for being the negative one. And, yeah, <laughs> his optimism paid off this time. So no, congratulations Jeff. to you two. We'll see how. Um, I do on over unders though. How about that? Yeah, we don't need, we don't need to go through that. That's have we, yeah, we do. Have you looked at that, Jim? Already? I haven't looked at it, but I have a feeling I, I at least beat both of you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I had a feeling you looked at it already, so that's why you're gloating. I was like, ah, you know, we can pass on that. No, I don't know. I, just, I still feel confident. I think oh, I, I think I beat you both. I guess we'll find out. But before we find out about that. Regardless, I think it's time we do this giveaway. 
So as we mentioned at the beginning of the year, I mean, every single year we do the NS9 wins challenge where at the beginning of the year, you go ahead and submit your, your, your prediction of how many wins the Pirates will get this season. I want to say the majority for sure picked over 61. There was quite a few. It seemed like 61 was near the bottom. Uh, and then it thinned out till you got to 54 where Jim was at. There was only two people that voted for less than Jim. Just two people in the entire world that voted for less picks or less wins. So that's just how terrible you are, Jim. But you and Bucko Mike both picked 54. So you're in the same stratosphere as Bucko Mike right now. Just a terrible, terrible human being. <laughs> he is the voice of the on the Pirates, though. He is. And he's the, the eight-time most hated on Pirates Twitter. So yeah. After your Alfred takes this year, I think you're in the running with uh with Bucko Mike I've, now. I've got to be up there after this year. Yeah. Negative Jim. Negative Jim. As he should be. As we stated, so we announced that whoever gets the correct prediction will be in the drawing for a Pirates jersey. Um, And obviously, like, I'm going to, we're just going to get it now. I didn't get a side, like, I didn't pre do this because, you know, if I got a small, you need a triple XL, it's not going to work out too well or vice versa. So you let us know your size. I'll get it. Are you saying that whoever's going to win is fat? No, no. I mean, you, that's kind of what you were saying. I said if you needed a small and you got a triple XL, that wouldn't work out. Uh, I don't think you said it that way. I think that's, you called someone fat. Whatever, Tyler. You're like three foot seven. Just chill. Getting you a small would be an extra large for most people. It's soft. <laughs> All right. So I guess I should get the uh, the wheel up here. So here are put, the five people that up the wheel. correctly predicted the 61 wins. So we have the wheel. Uh, it's five people, so it's not perfectly colored. It looks kind of weird, but let's do it. So I guess Tyler, Jim, give me a countdown. 10. <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> I'm just going to spin the wheel. <laughs> spin, spin it. <laughs> All right. Let's see who wins, guys. Oh, wait. I was trying to figure out what number to start at. Oh, God. I mean, like, I'm not... I'm not upset this one. It's just, of course, Dan Dan won. Chur Chillin wins the Pirates jersey. He was, uh, I think, one of our first guests on Jeopardy, NS9 Jeopardy, a few off-seasons ago, and he won that show. I think he was our very first NS9 winner. And now he returns, and he gets this correctly, and then he wins the jersey. So congratulations, Dan. You win the Pirates jersey. I'll be in the DMs once again to find out what you're going to get for a prize uh, of what size you, you need. So congrats. Congrats. Who, who does he get a jersey of? I guess whatever he wants. I'm just curious. He gets it. He gets, he gets the an Adam <laughs> Fraser Pirates jersey. <laughs> no, we were going the big sporting goods, taking off the clearest racks. <laughs> Todd Fraser. Todd Fraser. The Todd Fraser, right? <laughs> we'll get him. We, <laughs> we'll try to find a Lonnie Chisenhall for him as well. Yeah, might be a two for one going. 
No. Oh, yeah, that's right. He also, congratulations, he won the NS9 Fantasy League this year. That's right. That's, I knew there was something else. He got the trifecta in like a 12-month span. I didn't even I, know there was an NS9 Fantasy League. Neither did I. You guys are awful. You guys are just awful. How were we awful when we didn't know? Because you should have known. Was, because we talked about I was, it. I, Tyler, I wanted you it. on the draft show that we were going to have, but we ended up not doing it. Never, don't, nope, never don't. invited. Yeah, to never. BS. I will find those receipts. I will find those receipts. I you couldn't make it, Tyler. Yeah, I think you're lying. Whatever. Well, once again, he definitely he never. It was never brought up. No, never. I have the worst. Where's Ryan? I mean, the first time in my life, I want Ryan back. This is, you're lying. this is awful. But he wouldn't call you out on your lies. Ryan would never call me out on my lies. <laughs> we are. All right. So there's that. Dan, hit us up. Congratulations on winning everything this year. I want to share the wealth a little bit, uh, but we'll move forward. So I guess let's gloat again, Tyler. We also predicted 61 wins and Jim did not. But yes, with that said, the Pirates lose 101 this year. 61 and 101. Um, let's talk a little bit about the season, I guess. I mean, how it ended. We got an O'Neill Cruz call up. That was kind of exciting. I know we were all let down. Stupid Mike Persack telling us that, you know, we can't make the meeting. He's not going to make the meeting, guys. I don't know what this means, but he might get called up. And turns out he didn't get called up on Friday. But then it was a moot point because on Saturday he gets called up. We see two games yeah, at O'Neill Cruz. We should have had three. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't. Like, what was the point of having one less game? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they waited until Saturday. Like, we were all clamoring for it. Well, it was NS9 Live last week. We we were like, this has to happen tomorrow. And uh, it didn't happen. I was super bummed out. I think, I think what ended up happening, though, is we bullied um, the Pirates' Twitter account so much that you know, Ben Charrington just had to, had to do it. We're just an unstoppable force. You just don't mess with <laughs> NS9. Yeah. <laughs> what? It was a they, lot of people. <laughs> they they didn't want negative Jim all up in their DMs. I mean, they had to give us something to do for the last series. Was anybody going to watch it? I mean, for Pirates fans appreciation weekend. They sat Brian Reynolds. <laughs> yeah, they sat Brian Reynolds the last day of the year. I don't know what the hell that was about. What I guess was to keep that about? Three hundred. I guess to keep his three hundred batting average. But that's the thing. Like he, he could have. I said two just because I threw two. Like uh, just out the dark, I was like, I mean, give him two at bats, and if he goes over two, just sit him. But we had actually Vinny like sent the math to me, and he said he could have went over six and still been over three hundred. So like with that said. What was the point? If you're so worried about the 300, which I can get, I can understand there is that little mystique of being a 300 hitter opposed to a 299. But if you could have went over six and still accomplished that, then what was the point of sitting the very last game? Fan appreciation day. Yeah. He, he had to rest for April 1st. <laughs> Who'd we get in center field instead? Was it Gamble? It was probably. Gamble or Alford. I don't know. That was Sunday and that's football day. So no, I, I did I not didn't. get to watch Cruz's own run live. Yeah, I didn't watch. I didn't watch Sunday. 
Wow. What terrible, terrible, terrible people. Well, I was in Denver. I watched. Yeah. He was in Denver, Bernardo. You didn't get shot in Denver, did you? <laughs> did not. Shout out did to not. Pittsburgh Clothing Company. Yeah, did you see how high O'Neill Cruz hit that ball? Mm, it was pretty high. It was very, very high. Mm-hmm. Speaking of high, Jim, how was Denver? A lot of uh, it's very <laughs> high altitude. You know, it's the mile high, mile high city. Um, no, it was fun. Who was fun. goes? I mean, like seriously, who goes to a whole nother city to watch a whole nother football team? Because oh my god, these guys played quarterback at the college I went to. So I got to I get to go see Teddy and and Lamar play football. Oh my god. What a loser. I mean, who does that? I mean, oh, guys, I could go to Denver this weekend to watch Lamar. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was a great time. It was a very high stakes game. You just seem, <laughs> you just sound jealous, to be honest. You just sound jealous that your, your team doesn't have two quarterbacks in the NFL playing each other. Um, sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. My NFL team doesn't have Whatever. a quarterback, period. I'll put it that way. So, yeah, mine really, who goes to Denver? Mine doesn't to watch Teddy Bridgewater and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it was fun. You could have just like it was a great week. Yeah, I could have not, but then I also could have gone. So, whatever. Uh, all in all, though, Jim, yeah, how, how was it? I've, I've yet to been to Denver. I hear that's a great, great place to be. Oh, it's a great you, city. Great city. You remember it. No, it's a super oh. fun city, um, especially like the area right, around, area right around Coors Field, like lots of bars. And if you're into like craft beer, there's just breweries everywhere. Um, it's, a, it's a fun city. I recommend going if you haven't gone. Mm. How's the food? Food, is, food was fine. It wasn't like anything special. Mm. Is it better late at night or in the day? It was about the same. So just it tastes the same Already, no matter yeah. what, just all day long, yeah. just munching away. Yeah. Well, I guess it depends on what you're eating, but yeah, the food was fine. Nothing, okay. nothing amazing though. It's tough to eat food like that with a dry mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Jim's just seething <laughs> once again. He's like, I absolutely hate you guys. All right, so let's get back on track here. The Pirates, O'Neill Cruz. So yes, for some reason, he doesn't play a whole three-game series. He comes two for three, comes up Saturday. Um, I mean, I guess, what do you, what do you overall take from the debut? I, I felt like, you know, we'll all talk about it, but I felt like just in two games, I think we all saw something. Overall, I, I, it was a good it was a good debut. I mean, his first his first game, he instantly became he hit the hardest ball in the Statcast era by a pirate. Like, like what kind of craziness is that? His his second hit was the hardest ball hit by a pirate in the last six years. <laughs> yes, that that is true, and I, I'm. Yeah. I, I missed this comment, so I got to say it, but this comes from Bucko Mike, and he says, Cruz hit that about as high as Rosati's beard. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Bucko Mike. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. Very impressive debut. I mean, he singled in his first at bat, I believe. And then yes. um, and then the second hit was the, the laser beam. But uh, he definitely... Uh, he, he, you could tell he was super excited because he was like chasing everything in the dirt. But uh, if, if a pitcher made mis- a mistake, he made him pay. Even the ball he hit out of the ballpark on Sunday, that ball might have bounced if he didn't doesn't hit that ball. That ball's in the dirt, and he sent it onto the concourse in right center field. You just not get cheated. That it was impressive. Was <laughs> so impressive. <laughs> Headline drive. I don't think we need a stat cast to know that was the hardest ball hit by a pirate. <laughs> like I was staring at my phone. I heard it. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. This is ridiculous. It just, again, um, shows like what he can do. This is why yeah, he's a top like prospect. I, like I tweeted, um, a lot of people are probably going to get really, really, really excited over this two-game little debut. He's going to be a very frustrating player, especially when it comes up. He's going to swing and miss a lot. People are going to absolutely hate that. And he's going to make errors. We're going to absolutely hate that. And he's going to fall really far. He's going to strike out 200 times, and he might hit 30 homers. Who, who else did that? Marte. Well, I was going to say Polanco, but <laughs> I was thinking, nah, I was, I'm, I'm thinking Mar- like Marte would always, every, every game, I feel like he would take a swing and you'd be just like, what are yeah. you doing? Um, I could see that. I agree with every now and then. Yeah. I guess I was really more the power part of it too. <clears throat> yeah. But I think uh, Marte had a little better contact skill for sure. Which is why when but, he also, he also made those swings and also connected at times. And right. We were like, but I don't know how. Jim, but. Jim's right though, where. It's going to be frustrating sometimes. Yeah, I I like the debut, but like in the sense, I, I that's why I, said, I felt like in those just two games we saw something, and you literally saw what O'Neill Cruz is just in those two games. What he presents, why he's that high risk, high reward type of guy, because you saw the power. You you saw literally the hardest hit ball ever in the Sackhouse era by the Pirates. You saw that amazing home run that he just dipped out. And the thing, the fact is, too, like that was low to be like, regardless, that was low. Factor in the fact he's also six foot seven. That's much lower than anyone else. I mean, he really had to go down for that. And then he drove it out the ballpark. <clears throat> so you saw that, but then you saw the swing and miss stuff. And I mean, it's, it's not to say he has improved on that. You talked about that on Starbucks this week, Jim. How I mean, the strikeout rate is really, really improved, and it's where you want it to be right now uh, in the minors. But that's still there, and he was just swinging at everything away. Yeah, I think that was just that had to do more with the excitement. I think the more he's in the majors, the more he gets comfortable. You may see that completely change, but I mean, anytime you're going to have somebody who's capable of putting up. 30 plus home runs in a year, which he certainly is capable of doing that. Uh, you're you're going to have some swings and misses. It's just, it, it's going to come with the territory. There's not another guy in the system that hits baseball like he does. So you got to cling to that. Yeah. It's going to be, um, I mean, we got a do we want to put in there pitches. Mason Martin? Like, no. No. <laughs> no. I don't think. I think. I think no. the difference with Cruz is it's just so effortless. You know, okay. we saw the highlights all the way through. You know, Altoona this year, and he was just like 
flick of the wrist gone. And like, that's literally what happened on Sunday. Like that swing. It's not like he, it's not like he was like trying to kill that ball. He literally just put the bat on the ball and it just jumped um, out of the ballpark. So it, it was exciting. He's a, he's an exciting player. Um, it's going to be fun, you know, spring training next year. I'm sure they'll have, you know, he'll be, it'll be an open competition for shortstop. He won't make the team and it'll be up in two weeks. Right. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I fully expect that. I mean, as long as he stays healthy this off season, I mean, he's your starting shortstop come like April 20th. I think that's where we, it's interesting to see. <laughs> Will you be in Denver on that game on that day too? Jim, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Just odd. He picked we'll out April twentieth of all days. You know, for Cruz to come yeah. up. <laughs> it's my sister's birthday. It's my sister's birthday. Oh. So yeah. Hmm. Celebrating with an O'Neill Cruz call up. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting though, to see if they plan to the Super Two at all under this regime. That's what if we'll find out. At that point. God only knows if it's going to be a thing, but. Yeah, yeah, I mean, who knows what it's even going to be like next year. Well, that'll be a fun part about this offseason, I guess, is we'll see, uh, you know, quote-unquote fun, I guess. We'll get to see all that play out. Right. They don't do the Super 2 crap again. Well, that's what It's painful to wait until late June to see your top prospect. Just save a couple million. I, I mean, obviously, it makes sense. I mean, if you look, it does, if but it's that's annoying. the rules. They can do it. It all makes sense. But yes, you are correct. I am. I, I feel like this is the the biggest off season and, and year of this regime to really find out what they are in that terms. It's not the biggest year for them, but it's the biggest one to find out what they really are. I mean, it's easy at the first year to say we need to rebuild, <laughs> and then they just go ahead and trade off pieces, you know. So we're going to find out a lot of answers of what this regime is. Like, are they going to add in the offseason to try to build upon this team? What are they going to add? How are they going to do it? Are they going to fire the pitching coach and get a new one? Or, <laughs> But no, and even this, like, how are they going to play? Because this is going to be the first year that there's, like, true call-ups. And like, once again, for the people that are on the side saying, oh, look at this regime. Look what they're doing. They're calling these people. It was one game for Ronzi. It was two games for O'Neill. Like, that really doesn't tell me much it doesn't but it also is completely different than what we've seen that would have never happened i mean, I mean is it though like that would have not happened like we've, we've seen we've seen people come up early for short stints like that in the past Who? i mean for the, the for like the main prospects it's just always worked out that you know it, it, it didn't really always work out but you know they wait till june right but I mean, there have been some people who have been called up before June. I mean, it's not like it's never well, happened before. Circumstances are just again this this year just weird in that sense. And again, it was just one game and two games for another person. I'm like, I'm not going rah 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 over that. I'm not saying it, right. you know, like just dismiss it altogether. Um, but to the fact, I guess we can say also circumstances led to it. It wasn't like it was their first choice, but Reynolds and Tucker were up where you weren't expecting it. Reynolds forced them to stay. So not that's, top prospects. Um, Reynolds and Tucker at the time, I would say absolutely were. I mean, it, within 10. the regime, they, they were Woo, both. They were both. They're not a new person. I mean, who 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 are you calling up over like Reynolds? What? what, what so it should have been Will Craig. Like, I mean, 
you say well, not top saying, prospect, like, but yeah, they weren't. It wasn't an O'Neill Cruz getting called up. I'm sorry. It's they just the six the more outfielder right now that got called up instead. He wasn't that <laughs> in the minors. He was a fourth outfield prospect. You didn't know he was that. Neil Huntington knew all along. No. <laughs> the only one I get to actually think it was Austin Meadows. That's a fair one. I was they actually going to say Josh Bell was caught up early too and sent back down. Wasn't he? Wasn't his like for a weekend and then he didn't even really play and then he got sent back down? Yeah, that was stupid. Yeah. So you could yeah. technically say Josh Bell as well. I mean, that was a few games we got caught up where you wouldn't expect it. Of course, got sent back down to play the numbers game and then got caught up later. Yeah, but, Contr- but Contreras and Cruz are basically coming from double A. I mean, that's that that's fair. That's, that's that is one thing we didn't see in the past is people just skipping triple A. We didn't really see that. So you bringing that up, let's talk about that because that might be a fair point to bring up. Um, I forget who said it as far as the guests we had on this year, but someone mentioned it. And I think that's something we can relate to. It does almost seem as if with this regime, double A is the league, you know, Triple A is more or less just guys, you know. I mean, I think Charrington more or less said it. If we're putting you in Triple A, if it's because we we think you're ready for the big leagues at that point in time, it's not like it's the next step, and then we're going to see if you're ready. So that could be that might be a fundamental difference that we are seeing between the two regimes. Hope so. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at just like if you look at what Toronto did their top prospects, right? Um, you know, you know, Vlad didn't have much time in AAA. I think he was there for three or four weeks. Uh, Bichette, same thing. He was maybe there for two months. Um, you know, so, so like their main prospects didn't spend much time in AAA. Now, are our prospects as high as those? I don't know. <laughs> um, but, but I mean, at least those two examples that I can think of right off the top of my head, when when Sherrington was in Toronto, you know, it was once once they graduated from Double A, they basically were ready. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, again, that that's one observation I think we can look at already right now and say that that seems like a fundamental difference. Going into next year, though, definitely intrigued to find out how they work it. Are they looking at Super Two? Are they going to be up on April twentieth for Jim's sister's birthday? That's that's to be determined. I can fully confidently say I do not expect anyone to be starting on day one. No, it would be stupid and irresponsible to do that. (laughs) And it's sad, but it is, it just doesn't make sense. Sure. It sucks for the players, but it is within the rules and why, especially for, for this upcoming year, it's not like you're competing. So what's the point of burning that year? Just to say, here's 20 more games of O'Neill Cruz. Right. I mean, you can, you can literally get O'Neill Cruz for an entire extra year. Just <laughs> when by, the Pirates should yeah. be good. Just by sending him to AAA for three weeks. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're going they to. And then that magical date appears and now he's good. Yep. He's ready. He has to work on his defense. I mean, he's six foot seven. He's got to work on his defense. By April twentieth, he'll be good. It's 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 fixed. As Bucko Mike says, AAA is a breeding ground for guys like Stephen Brault, Will Crow, and Day Dong. 
<laughs> but I mean, that's really how they use it right now. Of course, you know, it's not like as if they had the talent to really promote guys there in the, the degree degree, but we did kind of see it. It was almost like that's their taxi squad. Like that's their quad A players. Yeah. And and you do see that a lot. I mean, if you go to triple A baseball games, you know, most of the roster are not like prospects. They're mm-hmm. they're journeymen who are there to fill a gap if they if they need them, you know, in a pinch. Uh, most of your prospects, once they get to AAA, they aren't there very long. Unless you're Andrew McCutcheon. Unless you're Andrew McCutcheon. Right? You buy a house in Indianapolis if you're Andrew McCutcheon. <laughs> 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 but yes, so um, so yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Like I said, next year, um, we talked about O'Neill Cruz. We've talked about Contreras already last week, but let's I guess just talk about you know the the, the ending that the Pirates again. That was what their fifteenth attempt at a sweep, and they failed, Man. which worked out because Danny won a jersey, so Danny's happy about that. Tyler and I correctly predict sixty-one, so we're okay with that. But yeah, I mean, I just can't fathom this team had 50, 15 opportunities to have a sweep this year, and then on top of that, they had fifteen, oppor- 15 opportunities to sweep, and they lost every single one. Well, not only they had the opportunity to get the sweep, and they. They sit Brian Reynolds. So <laughs> right. We appreciate you guys. Here you go, fans. We could have the first sweep of the year. Y'all came out the very last game, and here's our six-word player batting 300. He's on the bench. I wonder where they rank among teams without completing a sweep in wins. I don't know. I'd like to see how many times that has happened like in history. Um, they probably have one of the better seasons for teams that have never completed the sweep. So, winner. Yeah, I mean, probably. I mean, you have been pretty bad. They had 15 chances. I mean, you know, interesting enough, talking about, you know, the better team, <clears throat> win totals, you know, all that stuff. It is quite interesting. So, if you do look, the Pirates ended at 61 and 101, right? Good for a 377 win percentage. Pretty, pretty bad. However, I mean, it's not like they're sitting at a 250 win percentage like the Steelers. Shut the hell up. I just, you know, if you're looking at the best team in town, it's clearly the Pittsburgh Pirates. Actually, it's the the Pitt Panthers uh, women's volleyball. (laughs) That's true. I thought you were going to say the... I was gonna say yeah. Kenny Pickett over here, but no, it's it's the volleyball team as yeah. well. <laughs> but um, but no, it is kind of crazy. Best quarterback in town, he is. How how bad were the Pirates this year? And then you look around and you see a fifty-two win Baltimore team and a fifty-two win Arizona team, and you're like, I I couldn't even imagine watching those teams. That's a like, good point. They were nine games worse than the Pirates. <laughs> like, yep. That's so bad. Yep. Nine games is significant. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, like both sides of that is just really weird. It's So, again, with how bad the Pirates were, you look and find that there's teams even worse. But, again, like on the same side, too, it's, it's also just weird of how bad the Pirates were. And they had Brian Reynolds. And they had... You know, 
Adam Frazier for a while, you know, most of the season, they had Ryan Hayes in there who led the league in defense, who led MLB in defensive run saves at third base in his 90 some game. Like it's just kind of weird how like the, the talent they had and yet they were still just so, so awful. I mean, they started like 25 pitchers. But I mean, the offense is just, the offense was so bad. I mean, they were they were last in baseball in runs scored, and it wasn't even. And Brian Reynolds, imagine really, they did. Yeah, it wasn't even really that close. They were the second worst team in baseball in run differential. So you know, you had the bad hitting, and then you also had bad pitching. Yeah, they, they just <laughs> it was not a it was not a good year. <laughs> Hopefully, this is the that's the last year of the Pirates being just terrible though. I mean, it has to. It has to. We won't beat the drum too much on that, but it just has to. I mean, natural progression should take into. You know, we, we just mentioned how there's going to be players getting the call up. Like, you're going to have the Cruises. You're going to have the Contreras coming up next year. So, I mean, you know, you want to hope that those guys are better than the Nagalskis and the Kai Toms, the Alfords, right. and whatnot. So, but. I don't think that, I mean, there really wasn't a player in the league worse. Yeah, the Polancos <laughs> worse at hitting than him. But yeah. So that naturally, the progression should take in. It should be better at least. But I still want to make sure I see roster construction improvements all around. And you got a swaggerty. Trying to think of all the bad players. You'll, you'll have swaggerty back next year, too. I'm actually like interested in seeing him because we didn't get to. We haven't There's, seen Travis Swaggerty since 2019. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what's your interest level on him? I mean, that's, I think that's a fair question right now. Yeah, I mean, I would say, like, when it comes to our outfield prospects who are who are basically right knocking on the door, he's. I'm probably still higher on him than I would be on Cal Mitchell and and guys like that. So. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm very interested. I, I mean, if you're one to ten, I'm like an eight on Swaggerty coming back. Yeah. Okay. I mean, lower the shoulder, but the same. My interest is lowered a little bit. I think I'm a little more interested in uh, Smith and Jigbo right now. Yes, I agree. My my I level think should compete for an opening day spot. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I talked about it, you know, on the show, the off season into the season and such. I mean, he's one of our over and unders. We talked about games played in the major leagues and such. I think I was, I mean, I was pretty down on swagger to begin with heading into this year um, with optimism, of course. But now, as Tyler mentioned, like now with that shoulder injury, I just have such a level of concern with him. And it's not that I'm I'm not interested. I mean, if he's going to play, I'm interested to find out what he is. You know, like we're all waiting to find out what that, that player is. He was drafted very highly. He really hasn't produced, and then he kind of did. And then there was no season, and he had the shoulder injury. So I'm interested to find out like what type of player he is. But I guess I'm just at the point where I'm not expecting I'm not expecting anything from him. So like whatever he does give is more or less icing on the cake. To Tyler's point, I mean he I'm I'm interested in those guys. He really hasn't played. He really hasn't played above high A ball. Right. (laughs) I mean. He has twelve. He had twelve games in Indianapolis before he got hurt this year, and he was, you know, more than holding his own. He was showing a little bit of pop, right? Um, and then, then that injury happened, which was just super unfortunate because I think he was a guy we were all looking forward to seeing this, you know, this past year. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, he will be 24. He just turned 24. So I mean, I, I, I'm with I'm with Tyler. Like, I think Swaggerty is in Major League Camp competing for an outfield spot, especially if they don't bring in bring in anybody. Do you think there's any reason to play like the numbers game with him? I mean, I guess technically, no. like he, he could yeah, be like no. an April 20th, I guess per se. Like again, what's 20 games? That's not even worth it. No. Yeah, I, I think the same thing. I mean, because by the by the time you're playing the numbers game, he's going to be 30, right? I mean, he's going to be 24. You're already going to have him until 30, no matter what. So, I, I think I know you. I, know, I, mean, there. I, I know you say that, Jim, but to me, if if I'm the GM, I'm still doing it. I know it's it's you're saying it's 30, 31. But let's also play. It's the Pittsburgh Pirates. I'm not doing it with him. I I still would. I still would. But what if he clearly? What if he clearly demonstrates in spring training that he is your second best outfielder? Well, he's only second best. For me, you're my best. (laughs) (laughs) Brian Reynolds. If you ain't first, you're last. Back to the back to the minor leagues, boy. I don't know because I know like we're just so in tune with the pirates way and whatnot, but there is a realistic spot to that. And I know you're going to hate it, but you say like, okay, it'll be 30. What's 31. But you can also look at it as you're trading him at 29 with two years of control. Like that adds value. If you, if you can trade him at that point in time, if he is something, so, you know, I mean, like, so instead of writing out his contract till 30, you can trade him at 29 and get something in return and keep going. I know you hate it, but I mean, that's realistic as a GM. That's what you're going to think of long term. I mean, that's two more years that you have control, you know, at that point in time that you can trade him for. I just don't know if they're looking at Travis Swaggerty as a guy they're worried about with six years. I'm not, but yeah. who knows what's going to happen? I mean, what? W- wouldn't you kick yourself in the ass if it is four years from now and he just turns out to be a good player? No, we're already looking at a 40-man roster crunch. We really need to bring in another guy that's going to fill a spot for two weeks and then just be kicked to the curb. I don't think you really have to. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm there. Like, If you're just going to put like another – Dustin Fowler out there just so you can wait two weeks for Swaggerty, then like, what's the point? But listen, we, we are going to have a crunch. So if you're going to roster somebody like that, you got to make sure that those people, you got to make sure those people are going to stick around. Not like this past year where, you know, they just tried a bunch of people, you know, that that's a fair point. So I won't get too far. Cause we really, the thing is we really haven't, gone into the 40 man we haven't talked about it in depth you know what we think the 40 man could be next year i mean there is a crunch so you know you do bring up a good point is it worth it in that sense are you going to risk losing somebody to get an extra year of swaggery that's a good point and that's fair and i don't really know if anyone down there you would fill that spot with two weeks that's already on the 40 other than him mm-hmm. like are we going to watch Kui park he's probably going to be dfa but Fair. Yeah, it's gonna be. I'm. I'm sure we'll have. I'm sure we'll have an episode where it's like, okay, what do we do with all these guys? Yeah. 
because um, there are. I know my answer of, for most. There are a lot of decisions that need to be made, and uh, it is going to be pretty. That is, that's going to be one of the more interesting parts of this offseason. It's just who do they keep, who do they get rid of, because you know I haven't even really fully gone into the list of players who they need to protect, but there's quite a few of them, and like you, you got to make room for them somehow. Right. Yeah, we'll definitely. I think right uh, now they have. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think right now there are forty. There are either forty-seven or forty-eight people on the forty-man roster right now. So not only do you have to get the roster down, but you also have forty-eight people on the forty-man. So it's not even like they just need to create six or seven spots. Like they need to create like fifteen spots. Like they they got a lot. They got a lot to do. I don't even know how many guys are not on the 40 man that have to be put on it either quite a bit quite relatively a bit. quite a bit. quite a bit yeah. yep and and again like that's that's the the, the 40 uh, if we're talking like you want to build and add free agents you know you're heading into this year with not 40 like you're protecting 37 or whatever it is so you can yeah fill I mean, it really spots. shouldn't be that difficult this is a bad team <clears throat> they don't have many good players you bring up a good point I know he got a lot of heat for saying what he said, but I mean, this is going to go to, I mean, MLB executive burner, that account, whatever. I mean, he made a yeah. good point. You know, it's, it's funny watching bad teams talk about the 40 man roster crunch. And it, I mean, there's truth to it. I mean, you're a terrible team. Why are you worried about losing a lot of your players? I mean, I get the aspect of the prospect stuff, but right. I mean, this is a bad team. There's probably not 40 guys you need to really worry about because your team just ended with 61 wins. The issue for the Pirates is it's a lot of young guys, a lot of prospects coming up that you want to protect for the future. That's where their crunch really comes into play. So I get it. But all in all, like, are you really worried about losing some of those prospects that are there? We'll find out who, who gets selected or not. It'll be a long episode. Hopefully not like our last one, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> what was that, an hour 50 that we went? I bet. That was Jeez. long. Yeah, I mean, it is going to be, it is quite a few people. I mean, if you look at the people, I mean, just quickly going through the system here, um, no catchers that are that are worth talking about, but Mason Martin is eligible. Diego Castillo is eligible. Uh, Piguero is eligible. Swaggerty, Smith and Jigba, Cal Mitchell, the recently acquired Suwinski is eligible. Uh, the, the, the Lolo Sanchez is eligible. Pitchers, Omar Cruz, Tanat Thomas, Cody Bolton, Travis McGregor, Santiago Flores, Eddie Yeen. Yeah, I mean, that's those are the starters. And then there's some some relievers that probably aren't worth it there, but yeah, I mean, so, that's a lot of people. <laughs> so let's talk. You mentioned that there's 48 on the 40 man right now. <clears throat> you also just named 14 players that are eligible for the 40 man roster. So 48 plus 14. <laughs> yeah. You're talking about a lot of cutdowns. That's even to just get to the 40 man. So there's a lot of possibilities. There's a lot of options on the plate right now. Plus, if you want to sign any free agents this offseason, yeah. like mm -hmm. you need to have spots for them, or if you want to pick somebody in the roll five draft, you need a spot for them too. So, 
plus keep all those 18 roll five picks they had last year. Well, they already gave up Tom, I think, right? And they already yeah. gave up. Um, and I forget the no. other one, but Oviedo is the only one left. Oh, Soriano, 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 and Oviedo. Yeah, yeah. But Soriano is somebody who is going to have to be on the roster next year. So mm-hmm. Oviedo, they can just send them to the minors. But Soriano yeah. is still rule five. Like he's still a rule five player. He needs to. Get, he, he's he going to be like that. That bird situation. That birdie. Yeah. Yep. Hopefully, he doesn't go through it again next year, and be like the four right. year rule five guy. <laughs> yeah, birdie was like arbitration eligible and still a rule five guy. <laughs> right. I mean, he still is with the Padres. Like that's that's yeah. what's crazy. Yeah. Like he's still he's with the Padres now, still yeah. in that set realm. Um, crazy. Yeah, Ethan says not an issue of who you lose. It's having enough players to make an opening day roster. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, because I mean you could you you put a 40 man roster together. Yeah. 20 26 of them have to be in the majors, right? So if you add if you had 10 10 guys to the to the 40 man, you're not left with a whole lot of room there. Like so it it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I, I actually I'm anticipating some trades. Like if you're if you're Ben Sherrington, you basically have to figure out, okay, I've got all these borderline prospects, you know, borderline decent prospects. Let's package a couple together and maybe do something for, with the major league roster, you know? To me, that's what makes a lot of sense. Yeah. A lot of sense. Because you're just going to lose them. So instead right. of losing them, why don't you gain them? Gain something. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be people out there who would like every person who I just mentioned, like there are teams out there who would find room on their 40 man for those guys. Mm-hmm. At what cost? We'll find out. Yeah. But yes, I mean, that was the thing, though. We, we've talked about this for, for two years. That just that was the issue. All these trades he made, it was just like, well, damn, like, <laughs> what are we going to do with all these guys? They're all going to be 40 man eligible. Mm-hmm. So and he just kept adding and kept adding. He's like, I don't care. This is what I'm gonna do. So here we are now coming into the season with I'm not gonna call it mistakes. Yeah, it's just this is this is what he was dealt with, this is what he gave himself, and we're gonna find out what he's gonna do with it. Um, to Ethan's point, not really a point, but Ethan's in the chat. So just to help Ethan gloat a little more, Chase and Shreve also on the 40 man next year because he will return and he's not a free agent. Tell him, Ethan. Does he have to return? He's eligible to return. <laughs> I can do without him. I mean, he was your best lefty reliever. I mean, I guess if you, well, you, you can probably find somebody just like that. But, but yeah, yeah, it'll be. I mean, I said, they they have a lot Lamar of. Lamar is your to make. best option at quarterback, so it's not like you're saying much. Yeah. Shreve won an MVP once. I didn't, I must have missed that. <laughs> Jim gets so defensive. <laughs> He gets so pissed. <laughs> there he goes, sipping his tea. <laughs> it's weird. Running backs usually don't win the MVP anymore. It's amazing it's when crazy. the first round. Running backs leading the division in passing. Kind of crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Everyone wants to be like Ronnie Brown now. So I can, I can probably hit some of the receivers he's thrown yeah, to. I'm sure you could. Ravens want to run that wildcat all the time. Yeah. Bucko Mike brings up 
course, Buckle Mike Brault, Will Crow, Cole Tucker, Cal Keller, Newman, De Los Santos, which, by the way, yeah, he's gone. Dale Pickles, Henry Davis. <laughs> Henry Davis. Get out of here, Buckle Mike. <laughs> Stallings, Moran, Hoy Park, Sean Howard, all cuttable. Buckle Mike, oh, did I he, love you. <laughs> did, he, did he say stop? Did he say Stallings? He, he did say Stallings. <laughs> he said he Henry catching, Davis. He catching <laughs> um, but no, I mean, so that's a good point. That's another thing we want to talk about. So that's a good transition here. Cole Tucker. Cole Tucker. <sighs> hate on him, hate on him, hate on him. He's not good. Proves not good. He had a little stretch. We talked and said, beware. It's just a little stretch. Who cares? Then he has a grand slam. He just has like this amazing last few games. All right, so let's be realistic here. Cole Tucker, what do you do with him? He sucks. Get rid of him. Yeah, Kevin Newman. I think it comes down to you keep one of those two, and you pick one. Do you keep Cole Tucker or do you keep Kevin Newman? Keep Kevin Newman. Get rid of Cole Tucker. I don't care if Cole Tucker had a little fancy day where he made a catch for his hat fell off and he hit a grand slam. Good for him. Happy for him. Seems like a great guy. He sticks. But I think that's the move. I think you keep one of those guys. Um, I mean, right now, it's just terrible options. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, both options aren't great. I, I do think Newman, like it. Newman just doesn't make sense to me. I think Newman can be like a better hitter, obviously, than he showed this last year. It was because it was just pathetic. Um, I, Cole Tucker, though, also has a little, he has at least some interesting qualities to him, but his girlfriend just hasn't really <laughs> translated. It hasn't translated past, you know, high A ball. I mean, he, he has right. he has gotten a lot more selective. He he is very like he's you can tell he's super athletic, right? A super athletic individual. Yeah. Um can can play a few positions. So that's always maybe a thing that might may, may push him over Newman is just Cole Tucker can play the outfield. Not very well. Can he? He can technically do it. <laughs> um I mean if he can technically I, I do know. it, you could technically put Kevin Newman out there as well, I feel. I mean, at this Yoshi point, technically played the outfield. At this point, I'm like flipping a coin. Like I, I, it doesn't matter. I don't think either way which one you keep. But I think I think you get rid of one of them. Is it possible? I'm just throwing things out there right now because I mean that's a good point. I mean I don't see any reason to keep both. Um, I don't see really a reason to keep Cole Tucker. But Kevin Newman's also one. It's like, do you really want to keep him or not? I mean, I just feel like. We're not talking about much here, but I just feel like there's if you had to pick one, ultimately, okay, I'll get to that. I just feel like I Cole Tucker has more of the youth and more of the unknown to him. So it's like maybe you still have that. Maybe they can do this and, and find something to click with him. Where Kevin Newman has been on the complete down, but he's done something before or it's been good. And at least he was a good defender this year. Like, I almost feel like if I'm going to choose one, I would probably choose Kevin Newman. But let me ask you this. Do you think there is any tradeability to Kevin Newman? I don't think it's tradeability to either of them. 
absolutely no tradeability to Kevin Newman. Okay. So I... Maybe in <laughs> But he was still in college. Yeah, <laughs> um, whatever shoot stops. Just gloves. Makes sense. Uh, just, I don't know. I would rather have neither. I would rather just both go away. And that's where you, but see, that's the, the whole thing is this is where it's all, all, all tricky. Cause with O'Neill Cruz, if you do believe he's a shortstop, he's going to be here by like April 20th next year. And he just takes that position. Like he should run with it. So, like to me, there's really not a point of going out and upgrading the shortstop position this year, like with a free agent and such. So, I, I, I don't know. You know, like you're going to need something there. It can't just be Cruz. You can't count Cruz for 162. You have to have something there. But and not I, to I'm, mention, I'm good to move on. From you're both. doing. You're also going to be protecting Figueroa and Castillo. Yes, Castillo is a good point. It could, I could be good with both at some point. I don't know. I'm kind of spitballing here, but I, I just I, in my mind, I don't want really either. Like I'm good with moving on from Newman and Tucker. Even though you probably need something there. Yeah, then like who's the your season. open day shortstop? And Marcano. Oh, Marcano. They're not doing anything to Marcano. <laughs> Charrington, Charrington's going to stick by that for a while. No, I'm saying there's another oh, yeah, potential yeah. shortstop option. Yeah. So, so, I mean, that's why I think you keep one of the two. Is it? Is because you, op- you need an opening day shortstop, right? And then, hey, you know what? Two weeks into the season, if Cole Tucker – or Kevin Newman is batting 160 and you know, then use DFA. So then <laughs> like, what's the point of key? Like, so, so to your degree, we talk about the swaggery thing. So what's the point of rostering them? If you're just going to cut them at April 20th, be- because you still need somebody to play shortstop. Like who so, else I'd, rather, shortstop. Be honest, I'd rather just put Castillo up there on opening day. So put Castillo up there. And then when you, you just make the swap, put cold Tucker up or cold Tucker, put, O'Neill Cruz up and then bring him down for a few weeks and play the numbers game. Or 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 he has that phantom, it's the all-star break, he needs a break, and he catches his his 10 days of non-serviceable time. I might be on board with getting rid of both now. I just don't find a reason to keep both. I think once you get into that 40-man crunch, whenever we talk about it, we're going to probably see that there's no reason to keep both. If you feel like Cruz is your shortstop, and he can play shortstop, which they've given every indication that that is what they believe. What is the point of rostering either of them for next year? Because Cruz will be playing shortstop. Well, I, you still need like a backup plan. Castillo, Marcano. Hoy Park. Yeah, really <laughs> if that's who you roll, keep. Well, Hoy Park no, might I, be. I'm probably keeping Tucker over Hoy Park, honestly. Okay. Probably would as well. But like, and then you got Pagero as well. How, at what point in the minor leagues we're not going to have room to play these shortstops? Cabrian Hayes, let's move on. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll get more in depth than that, I guess. But I guess that's that's yeah. where we're at. I mean, I am over Cole Tucker. I am not falling into this last few weeks, that catch. I mean, it's all incredible. 
This is why Cole Tucker is like lovable. He just is a great guy, it seems. Off the field, on the field, he's just like that dude that you probably would hang out with and whatever. You you would like him, but he's just not a good baseball player. And that's what the Pirates need. They need good baseball players. And he isn't one. They sure he he has flashes where that's an incredible catch. But then he sucks and you're wanting to get better. And he's just shown that he hasn't been good for a long time. Nothing in the upper minors, nothing in the majors. I'm not going to get fooled by, well, there was this nice little couple of weeks where he did some really fun things. Let's find out next year. There's a crunch happening. Move on. You have plenty of shortstops in this organization right now. Move on. And I'd be fine with that. Just get rid of it. Yes. Just get rid of All right. So Cole Tucker. I will, I will gladly eat crow if he leaves and does well. He will not. I mean, what did Will do? Will. <laughs> what did he do to deserve that, Tyler? <laughs> Now I get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yes. So, Tucker gone. Um, what else do we want to talk about here? Arizona Fall League. We got a few minutes left before we wrap up. Yeah. So, that was announced. We got some players going. They're going to lose money by the time they play. So, that's going to be fun. But there's some players going. Let's talk about it. Any surprises? I was happy to see Smith and Jigba go. I think that shows they're going to protect them, which I don't know why on Twitter I was seeing some people talk about not protecting him and didn't understand it, but I'm there's with no you. reason why you would not protect him. I know, yeah. but you know what I'm talking about. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, no, I like the, I like the players going. Um, it's a, it's a pretty much a combination of guys who, Either they want to pitch a little bit more because they, they missed some time this year. Some hitters who uh, also missed some time. G1 Bay is probably the intriguing one for me because I think we we kind of forget about him. But, like, he's put together a pretty decent year at Altoona this year. Um, like, he's always had the hit tool. The, his problem before was power. And, like, he actually found some power this uh, past uh, year. I know he had the hit tool. Right. He had the hit tool. <laughs> Yeah, but he found the found the power. Yeah. Well, we he found talk. the power. He found the power. Yep. Um, it was the domestic. He's hit tool, also but... he's he's that, intriguing man? because I think with his athleticism, like he doesn't necessarily have to be a shortstop or a second baseman. Um, you know, he could he could play center field probably too. Just just play it perfectly fine. Um, no, I I think that was that's probably my most interest intriguing one. Like I'm not I'm more interested in Gonzalez and Contreras, you know those guys. But uh, G1 Bay going and getting some additional playing time shows to me that you know the Pirates want to see more of them. Well, I mean, let's think. He was a big time international prospect. Atlanta signed him. Then they couldn't. Pirates picked them up. Solid deal. He's intriguing. Uh, 
I don't know. Like I'm a little, little down on him. Uh, nothing was like super high. Uh, and I think what he's just like that slap header. The single was out. He's got a ton of speed, you know, that stuff. Now he did show some power this year, but like to me too, I'm looking at the game log as well. Like he had that stretch. Like he had this weird stretch where like he just hit like these home runs and then it just went away again. So I don't know how much I also even like truly believe in the power. It was there. I mean, he did hit seven home runs, which I wouldn't have expected to see. Like he only hit one home run outside of this year in 2021, and then he hit seven this year. So no, his he he had zero home runs going into this year. Oh, you know what? You're right. My bad. That was also yeah. this year. Yeah. So he had zero. Then he had eight this year. One was in outside of double A. Was when he was on rehab assignment. Yeah. That's what it was. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. So. And then he had seven in double A, but yeah, like um, the skill sets. I, I don't know how much is going to really translate. Uh, I think like he might be best suited, as you say, like this utility guy, uh, and, and that's great. But yeah, like uh, so he's there. We get to see him in Arizona. Like I'm not down upon him. I'm not saying like Bay's terrible and this is a terrible thing. But um, to say he's lost in what we have, I think somewhat it's rightfully so. There's there's to me clearly guys better than him. I would have preferred to keep Daniel Cruz in the country this offseason. I don't even Jim, know how, how that works, like visas, I don't either. visas and all that. Um, like, I think he actually has to go back home for a little bit and then, like, renew his visa. I think that's how it works. I hope he can get a visa. Um, well, he got one this year. So. Just saying, we've seen this yeah. song and dance before. I, um... No, I think Cruz and said Cruz will be playing in the Dominican Winter League, so that'll be inter- interesting. I know he played in it last year for a little bit, but he was really young for that league, and that is a super competitive league. So I don't think he was necessarily ready for it. But it sounds like this year he's he, he's probably going to be like an everyday player in that league. Um, Pagero also will be in the Dominican Winter League too. He was like the sixth overall pick in their draft that they had. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm fine with Cruz going back. I I mean, we haven't heard anything about that case in eight months now, nine months. So who knows what's going on with that? Right. I mean, from, but that's from also a little I bit heard, worrisome. They never, <laughs> like, in the last I heard, they never gave him a, a sobriety test. So it's like they don't really, they don't really have any evidence that I, he I was know. breaking any laws or anything. But so we'll we'll see. I mean, it's. I feel like we would have heard something by now. I'm just saying, you know, the the inner how things work for the pirates, right? It's it's all it's inside of all of us, right? And oh, yeah. again, the fact that we haven't heard anything is what worries me. I'd be perfectly okay if it just came out and said, "Yeah, we're done. This is nothing, no big deal." But I just have this gut feeling, and, and I worry. You know, he heads back into the Dominican. And it's like, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and now all hell breaks loose again, yeah. you know, and it brings it back yeah. up. So, so that's that's my greatest fear in regards to this is the fact that it's mm-hmm. been so quiet. We haven't heard anything. The other part, yeah. though, of the Arizona Fall League, notice they sound contrary, and you heard two guys with arm issues not sending them to the Dominican where they probably will get their arms thrown off. Yeah. And you heard another interesting case because there's a lot of work to be done still. 
much more control yeah, the one, over them. The one, yeah, the one good thing about the Arizona Fall League is the pitchers. I mean, you're only throwing an inning or two, you know, every time you go out there. Uh, I mean, they're 40, let's see, seven times. There's four, they're 42 man rosters in the uh, Arizona Fall League. And you also see people sometimes getting swapped off, off and on. So, yeah, there's plenty of guys to pitch innings. So, neither of them will have to, um, you know, be put into a situation where, you know, they'll, it'll, it'll be compromising to their arms. And there's just a random Michael Burroughs, whatever. I mean, he, he, he earned it. Yeah, that's that's sure. an intriguing reliever arm. Let's put it that way. I mean, obviously he's not like a top talent, but that's an intriguing arm coming up right now. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at the velocity gain this year, he pitched really well for Greece. Uh, but a, a same thing though, another guy who missed time, right? So another chance to get him some more innings. He and Majinski kind of fall on the same. Mm-hmm. Half um, when it comes to that, but uh, I mean, with Michael Burrows, I mean, gotta love everything that you did see out of him this year when he was healthy, and uh, he was actually, I think, the one guy when we had Tim Williams on, he was like the one guy outside of the top twenty or whatever to watch was was Michael Burrows, and he yeah he pitched really well this year. You're right, I forgot about that. I did too, Good job, Tim. <laughs> Great guest. We need to get him on here again soon. <clears throat> but um, we do. Yeah. the other thing I, I look at, I mean, obviously some of them have made it, of course, but all these guys, I mean, we really potentially could see next year, every single one of them. Like they're all on that cusp. You know, I mean, Nick Gonzalez should be in AAA, you know, injuries held him back. So this is like his makeup time, as you're alluding to all these guys for the most part have missed time. This has given them some of the time back, but yeah, Nick Gonzalez could go to the, I mean, is he double A next year? Uh, are we assuming double A next year? Is he triple oh, yeah. A next year? Just, yeah. So just double A next year? Okay. So he's double A. I mean, Gonzalez. So, so yeah. I mean, just based upon what Sharon has done, probably double A. That's fair. And he might not even see triple A, or if he does, just here and there. But he could he could very well be a call-up next year. Um, and like Majinski could see some time, Burroughs, all, like all these guys I feel like, maybe except for Bay. Uh, all these guys could really see time next year. So that's intriguing. That's fun. Uh, Majinski, probably not, like unless they view him as a bullpen guy. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I think Michael Burroughs is someone who could be like a lockdown reliever type guy. His stuff is really good. Um, and he just doesn't really I, – I don't know how much he's developed a third pitch. So he's kind of really just cut perfect for that role. And that could kind of put him at the, on the fast track. I hate this man so much. Bucko Mike Gonzalez to Venezuela. <laughs> uh, this is why nobody likes you, Bucko Mike. <laughs> but um, okay, so yeah, that's one thing that is kind of cool about the Arizona Fall League this year. That um, I mean, they just changed the rules in 2019 so that players like. Rowan Z. Contreras and Miguel Yahore and G1 Bay can play in it because before you were only allowed to send one international player. Um, now they, they remove those limits. So Good. Uh, you can, you can send more uh, international guys now. 
Is that noise? I don't know. What's that? Pardon the being stupid. I legit didn't hear you. Somehow or another, my the AirPods disconnected. So, well, that's probably what it was. Same wild play at the Seahawks Rams yeah. Oh yeah, what happened? The punter fumbled, and then he ran around for a while, and then he punted. Oh, so it wasn't Cooper Cup doing anything? Because I need Cooper Cup to do some things. He hasn't done anything. Hopefully, a lot of things. I've lost back-to-back fantasy games by one point, and it's been terrible. <laughs> it's awful. But anyways, I digress. Nobody cares about your oh, fantasy no, team, right, fuck. Jim? Right. Okay. Uh, so what else do we have here? Anything Anything else we want to talk about, tie the show up with? Or do we want to leave on a high note? Say we leave on a high note. We revisit the- Let's do real oh. quick who's going to win all the division series. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm going to go Astros. I'm going to go Astros and Rays because they're going to be up 1-0. And then, uh, gosh. Brewers and Dodgers. Sounds great to me. Because truth, I did not know. I can't disagree with any of those. Just deep down, I want White Sox over Astros. But now they're down own one, so it's gonna be tougher. So deep down again, all those teams you picked, except instead of Astros, White Sox. But go Rays because I know Tyler's gonna hate the Rays this year. So I'm all in on the Rays just for Tyler's misery. That's true. I'm actually because Tyler is rooting against the Rays. I want the Rays to win the World Series. Absolutely. Yeah. Sweep in. I'm, I am a huge Rays fan for the next month. Same. Oh, my God. Just like every other Pirates fan that has the Rays as their second team. I mean, that could be true, but that's not why for us. That, that's yeah. not my second team. It's just it's Tyler's hated team. So, therefore, it is now my favorite team. Exactly. <laughs> okay. I think that means it's time to get out of here then. Uh, so with that said, we'll be back next week. So I guess we'll see you then. So bye. Later guys.